0: Now, Mr. Biden has got a problem uh, on the border, and we all know that, but the corrupt corporate media covers for him. But there was a crack in that yesterday in The Washington Post, which editorialized, quote, In its apparent desperation of fashion and immigration strategy that will impose order on increasingly out-of-control migration, the Biden administration has unleashed a torrent of wars and goals untethered to a specific policy and timetable. To date, on immigration, officials have effectively reversed and rolled back some of the Trump administration's most pernicious policies, but without a clear road map to address immediate crisis, a decade's high surge in illegal border crossing, unquote. That was the first crack in the corrupt media. Um, no other liberal newspaper has editorialized against Biden on this issue. Uh, the network news, you know, maybe they'll have a guest or two that complains, but... Certainly not any reporting of consequence there, and we have an absolute catastrophe. Two million people this year, foreign nationals, will cross in here. Uh, Those are just the ones the Border Patrol knows about. Another million or so sneak across undetected. Many have COVID. They go all over the United States. They infect Americans. The states have to pay for them. As far as providing them with um, Medicaid and and things like that, each state is different in those policies, but believe me, this is a catastrophe. And the only way to stop it is uh, for the states to join together and sue the president of the United States. Now, maybe it gets thrown out, but just the process and the demand and the reason would really be something. Now, whether that happens or not, I cannot tell you. What I can tell you is, at a new poll, Joe Biden's popularity is declining. This is a 538, that's a political firm, uh, 6,607 adults, uh, taken between July 31st and August 8th. Uh, approval rating, Biden's approval rating, has dropped to an all-time low of 50% on... Un- Disapproval, 44. Why? The border is one thing, and Americans are paying more for food and gas and everything else. Uh, July, price rises 5.4%. So this is an economic catastrophe brewing. Now, you're never, ever going to get the Biden administration or the press to spotlight this stuff. But the Biden administration is having a huge problem governing the country. Enormous problem. Okay. Now, the one thing that did get attention was Joe Biden's comments on Andrew Cuomo quitting. All right. That got attention. Roll the tape. How would you assess his 10 and a half years as governor of the state? In terms of his personal behavior or what he's done as a governor? What he's done as a governor? I he's done a hell of a job but he's done a hell of a job. Oh, that's just bunk. Now, there are two parts of this story. The right-wing press attacked Biden for saying he did a hell of a job, and they they rammed the misbehavior by Cuomo down Biden's throat. But it was clear that Biden was not talking. He was separating the two. So, again, as we talked about with the John Kerry private jet fiction, the right-wing press doesn't want to imitate the left-wing press. And report stuff that is false. Well, Biden was clear that he was separating the two. But he has no clue on how bad Andrew Cuomo has been for the state of New York. I mean, here's the stat. You know, I give you one stat that just crushes it. Here it is. Since 2010, 1.4 million New Yorkers have left the state. And it's way more than that, but some keep addresses here and stuff like that. 1.4 million since 2010. Why? Because the quality of life here is terrible. It's terrible. Now, I stay because of family and friends, and I, you know, I have obligations here. But I know personally hundreds of people, affluent good people, leaving this state. It's the highest tax state in the union. The services are abysmal. The roads are crazy bad. The crime in New York City is out of control. On and on and on and on. It's Cuomo who did all that. And then you got the nursing home COVID deaths. And you got the book. Somebody else wrote it. He gets $5 million. It doesn't end. Hell of a job, says Joe Biden. Because Biden doesn't know and doesn't care to know anything other than Democratic Party left-wing ideology. That's it. It ends there. Not a truth seeker, the president. Not a problem solver. And he's making things so much worse in this country. You know, you think back on Trump. Every day Trump tweeted, and it was this, Trump's that, he's the devil, he's blah, 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 blah. But he ran the country efficiently. The economy was good and strong. He made better deals abroad. If he could have just gotten away from the personal petty crap, it would have really, he would have been reelected despite all that if COVID didn't hit. But now we got a guy who's totally incompetent, destructive to the country. Only president worse so far You know, maybe he'll make a comeback, but is anybody betting on that? It was James Buchanan before Abraham Lincoln, who allowed the nation to dissolve into war. Okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this stuff because uh, it's, it's just not what we do here. But the Senate voted 69-30 to pass an infrastructure bill, $1 trillion. Mitch McConnell, 19 Republicans voted for it. It's too much money, but the infrastructure in America is on the verge of collapse. Trump would have spent a trillion. If he had been reelected, he would have done that. All right, so you know. Now, is there waste? Of course, it's waste. Is the government able to fix anything? Sometimes, sometimes, it's a trillion. And that'll pass. Biden's got that. He's got the trillion infrastructure. Now they want three and a half trillion in a budget, which would be 550 million more than any other billion more than any other budget in history. More money the federal government will spend if this passes than in World War II. And and I'm counting the inflationary dollars. More money than the government spent in World War II fighting the Japanese and the Germans. It's incredible. And it's just on and on and on and on. It never ends. Perks free this, free that, free this, free that. Socialism, we'll take care of you. You know, vote for us. Vote for the Democratic Party. We'll take care of you. We'll give you everything. Well, what do you see what's going to happen. I just hope that the midterms can get here faster than the economic arm all right, so the $3.5 trillion spending bill has not been passed. It's 50-50 in the Senate. Um, Kamala Harris will, of course, tip it over. Manchin and Sinema, the two moderate Democrat senators, folded. They voted for this monstrosity. Um, but the House is not in session. And you got to come back, and they got to look at it. They'll probably want more in the House than 4- $3.5 trillion. That's one year. It's one year. <laughs> and so if they get this, and they probably will get most of it, then the high taxes kick in. Then they vote on punishing corporations and affluent Americans. And, and you pay more to the socialist government. To fu- and they're never going to fund it. But they'll that, use that as an excuse to uh, sky high taxes. That's what Cuomo did. It's Cuomo did in New York. Highest tax rate. Bang, bang, bang. And then the people who could escape did. They left. They're not going to pay this. We'll go to Florida. They don't have a state tax. Go to Texas. Go to North Carolina. But in America, you can't unless you renounce your citizenship. All right. They'll track you. So it's socialism on the march. And just to recap, you know, you say socialism to my liberal friends. I like, go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at them again. Are you stupid? Do you not see what's happening? The Progressive left are they're, they're not hiding this. They want the government to control the economy and to control the financial markets. All right, Let's go to COVID. So I still get letters, and I'm going to read a couple of them about people who are, you know, anti-vaccine and and all that. And all I can say is we report the facts of COVID here. That's what we do. And then you can decide what to do with those facts. This Delta variant of COVID is more contagious than the original. It's obvious. 95 percent of the people who are getting the Delta variant are unvaccinated. That's it. Now, if you won't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. Those are hospitals reporting to Atlanta. All right, And the hospitals do their due diligence when someone comes in. So if you don't believe it, then you don't believe it. But it's like saying there are four seasons. Well, I'm not going to believe that. Okay, fine. So the Delta variant now is whipping around this country, and the people who are not vaccinated are getting it and spreading it to other non-vaccinated people. There are some vaccinated people, particularly with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that are getting it, but usually a very mild case of it. Okay? So that's the fact. That, that's your baseline. But now we have a big problem in children. All right. What are we going to do when the kids go back to school and some of them are already in session? Uh, are you going to make them wear masks? So I, I asked my staff, and they did a very nice job of this, to um, get some stats. And we got them from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So it's at the top of the line. So stat number one is that of all the cases of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic in the USA, children comprise... that's under the age of 18, okay? So that's a very low number. 23 states have reported children being hospitalized because of COVID, but 27 states have had not one child in the hospital. That's, I didn't, that stat is pretty amazing, okay? According to the CDC's COVID data tracker, as of August 8th, and today is the 9th, so that is yesterday, 3% of children ages 12 to 15 are vaccinated. That's all. But they're not getting COVID or the Delta very much so far. Only 2% ages 16 to 70 are vaccinated. So that's 5% altogether of kids under the age of 18. Remember, if you're under the age of 12, you cannot get the vaccine because they haven't done enough studies to see um, if it's worthwhile or not. So um, the fact is, that at this point, children are, are seemingly resistant to the worst parts of COVID. And those who do get it, get it like the flu. So in UK, they did a study on the kids, 5 to 17. This is from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal. It said most children with COVID recover within a week. It's like the flu. But now you've got this hue and cry uh, to have the kids masked up in school. So I want to talk to uh, one of the best experts in the country about that. And he comes to us from Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. William Schaffner is a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. First of all, in the stats that I just gave, did anything um, strike you, stand out?
1: Well, I'm, I have a great deal of respect, Bill, for the American Academy of Pediatrics, but I was surprised that a substantial number of states have not had any admissions of children for covid to their hospitals. That seems anomalous. I said, would like to explain that when he said yeah, well, that, I mean, I, 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 that, that
0: caught my eye, too. That caught my eye.
1: Because what's happened here in Tennessee just recently, let me give you just three quick numbers. In early July, we had about four children in all of the hospitals in Tennessee admitted with COVID. Mid-July, it went up to 17. And as of Friday, it was 27. So it's clearly increasing. And some of those children are in pediatric intensive care units, which is pretty darn unusual. Our commissioner of health, who's a pediatrician, is really worried about this.
0: Uh, All right. So you went from
1: four kids to 27 kids
0: with this uh, variant. And those are those are human beings under the age of 18, correct? Correct. Okay. so that's still a very small number of the population in Tennessee. You're not. um, And remember, again, I'll remind everybody be 12 birth to 12. No vaccine. Okay. you don't get it. But. When there's an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal, on the op ed page by two esteemed doctors, and, they, and we checked them out and they're very, very, you know, credible. They say that wearing a mask in most situations does more harm than good to the student, especially the teenage student. It's more harm than good so that that the cure is worse than the
1: disease here. But you don't believe that, do you? Well, first of all, let me tell you, of the two, I know one of them pretty well, and I do respect him. But his view is very different than that of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which undoubtedly your staff has told you has recommended that every child who goes to school uh, should be wearing a mask this fall. And I certainly agree with that. And the pediatricians here at uh, Vanderbilt certainly agree with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm but, I would but have if, a difference.
0: if the transmission level is so low... Now, why, why, and and, you know, 27 states don't have any cases in those states where there isn't a lot of uh, Delta or COVID in general. Why would you impose that on children?
1: Well, first of all, I'm not sure about those numbers. I'd have to look at that again. Uh, Happy to do that with you sometime and the AAP, but I think what we're trying to do is uh, prevent cases. We don't know how much transmission is occurring. We can hold two thoughts in our mind at the same time. There may be a fair amount of low symptomatic spread that's not being tested, relatively few people getting sick. But as children come together in schools, we don't. We, what we want to do is avoid an explosion of cases in schools across the country. And of course, the, there are a number of ways to do that. Everybody who should be vaccinated should be vaccinated. And then what we do is, in addition, put another layer of protection out to reduce transmission, particularly to the youngsters.
0: I, don't, I see. I disagree. And I'm not a medical person. I'm coming at it from a more uh, of a common sense point of view. So what I would do if I were the governor of any state, Would I would allow each school district to make the decision and then parents would be involved in that? So if you wanted your child to wear a mask, then the child could wear the mask. But if you said no, the child didn't have to. I would require teachers in the classroom to be vaccinated. I would absolutely do that. All right. And anybody, any adult on the campus would have to be vaccinated because you just don't want, you want to cut down any potential danger. And I would also require in a school district that has a spike or a school district that has a school itself, that then it would change. Um, and then the principal could say public health, we'll have to wear masks, or we're all off for the week. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a little bit better than one size fits all, pardon the pun?
1: Well, uh, first of all, we're a little bit closer than you might think. Uh, I like everything you said, and I would add something. If the local health department determines that there's a high rate of transmission in that community, then I think masks ought to be obligatory.
0: No argument from me. Um, If there's a high rate of transmission and a public health alert, which these people should be getting out. But otherwise, doctor, you're talking about the flu. So every year uh, kids get the flu and they're in the schools, and, and and you know, as the British study showed, you know, five days are out of the flu. And the and the downside of the mask is
1: substantial. Last word. Well, I don't think the downside of the mask is very substantial at all. And we have to remember, every child who's infected and, and gets sick for that family, it's a hundred percent. They've been over over 300 children that have died of COVID in the United States, we can keep that number even lower if, you know, we we don't want it to grow. We want to keep that number as low as possible.
0: All right, Doc. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Bill. Okay, so the climate change thing, I'm going to read this fairly slowly so you all get it. Then we have a guest who's going to weigh in on it. 234 scientists combined, Okay, put together an intergovernmental panel on climate change, IPCC. All right. They warn that human induced climate change is affecting many weather and climate extremes in every region on the globe. All right. They say this is a code red. Because it is affecting rainfall, flooding, droughts, thawing of permafrost, sea rising, on and on and on and on and on. Code red, humans must not reach, all right, I'm sorry, humans must reach zero CO2 emissions sometime, okay? So greenhouse gas is that CO2 emissions. All right. Trap gas in the upper atmosphere on the planet. All right. That's carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide and fluorinated gases. So that's fuel, fuel, fossil fuel. That's what's poisoning the planet, according to these 234 scientists. All right. And in order to combat that, we have to go to so-called alternative energy. So the Tesla, the electric car, the windmills, the solar, on and on and on and on. Okay, so in America, we are buying into that. Most people want a cleaner energy system, but most people don't want to destroy the economy in the process. There's the clash, okay? because the green nuts, the loons who take this to the extreme, they want to wipe out everything and, you're not going to be able to air condition your home or heat your home as we saw in Texas when they had it, the problem over the winter. And in California, you got rolling blackouts. So the, people are buying into yes, but let's get the technology there. That's my view. Invest in the technology so we get away from the CO2. Okay. But then you've got China, which isn't cooperating. It's not cooperating at all. All right? China's responsible for 30% of global carbon emissions, 30%. USA is two with 15, India is three with seven, and India is not cooperating. So two countries, China and India, are responsible for 37% of all the gunk going in the air, and they're not going to do anything about it. That presents a pretty huge problem. And that was Trump's thing. So are we going to destroy our economy when you have these countries who aren't going to cooperate with it? Why would we do that? The same situation is to develop the technology, like the Tesla, the electric cars, to a point where everybody can use them. And the same thing in heating your home and air conditioning. Develop the technology. And then we'll switch over, not blast everything out of the water when there isn't an alternative ready. But if you deny global warming at this point, just as if you deny the efficiency of the vaccine, you're in pretty fringe territory. Now, one more thing. I went to Glacier Bay in Alaska to look at this myself with my own eyes. And I had experts from Alaska with me and they lost About half of their glaciers there melted. And that hadn't happened, they don't know it, before record keeping. So it is happening. Okay, now, I went over a lot of stuff. If you're a premium or concierge member to BillOReilly.com, you get a free transcript for every show. You just have to request it. So I have all of the facts I gave you, everything, every night. If you request it, we will send it to you. Let's bring in uh, Daniel Butcher uh, from Dallas, Texas. She's the executive vice president of the American Conservation Coalition, American Conservation Coalition. It's a 501 nonprofit environmental advocacy organization. All right, but it's not a green loon deal. All right, this organization concentrates on limited government approaches to environmental issues. That's why I wanted Ms. Butcher. I didn't want some loon uh, coming on here, you know, yelling about stuff they can't substantiate. So, first of all, Ms. Butcher, um, did I do or say anything incorrect?
3: No, Bill, I think you got it exactly right. The place that the climate change conversation is at right now is that the climate is changing. Humans do have an impact on it. We're no longer debating those things. What we're debating now is what we should do about it. And Americans are skeptical because for too long, climate change has been used as a political football by the left for economic overhauls and government takeovers. So what our organization is trying to do is bring the conversation back to reality and find solutions that can work for all Americans.
0: All right, now you are uh, you have um, entree into a lot of conservative groups, uh, the Independent Women's Forum, blah, 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 blah. When you say that, you know climate change is an emotional issue. Now you know, people get very heated and angry about it. Correct?
3: Yeah, that is correct. For too long, as I was saying, this issue has been used to usher in, you know, things like the Green New Deal that would economically transform our nation and people don't want that. They don't want to shut down fossil fuel industries. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to have to change their way of life. And so what we're saying is that there is a conservative way to approach these issues. And that means leading with innovation and letting American businesses do what they do best. We're not regulating our way out of climate change. We can only innovate our way out. So we need to get out of the way and let entrepreneurs do just that.
0: Now, do people, do you think most people, not just conservatives, but Americans in general, understand how the far left is using climate change to build a more powerful central government? And you can see it in every kind of a um, expenditure and they want trillions to spend on uh, climate change. It's about insecurity. All right. So there's food insecurity, housing insecurity, job insecurity. And they all link it back to climate change. And so we need we need five billion here for job insecurity in Louisiana because the tides are rising and the tidal marshes are receding. And they do that almost across the board. Do you think people are aware of that?
3: You know, the fact of the matter is that two thirds of Americans think we need to be doing more about climate change. And this is where I think conservatives have a huge responsibility to step up to the plate and show that there are ways to get out of this mess without overspending and without spending trillions of dollars on investments that aren't going to get us anywhere. We need to stop evaluating climate change plans by the number of pages they have or the number of dollars that they spend. And instead, focus on technologies that will reduce emissions today. So things like nuclear energy, things like carbon capture technology, things that have traditionally been off the table for the left. Conservatives should champion because that's what's going to make the fastest difference. All
0: right. Last question. What do you say when somebody says, Danielle, I just I remember Rush Limbaugh, the late Rush Limbaugh, saying that climate change was hooey, and uh, you know this was all a big contrived thing, and the media is is All the corrupt media is on board with it. And the person is just shaking their head going, I don't buy into any of this. Can you persuade them?
3: You know, the thing about climate change is that we are continuously learning more and more about it. And that's what the IPCC report also revealed. And so it makes perfect sense for someone to evaluate new information as it's presented and to change their mind. So if you are a climate skeptic and you're given new information, it's okay to change your mind. And it's actually a good thing because it shows that you're in tune with what's going on around you.
0: But do you, do you, have you changed anybody's mind, Danielle? Have you?
3: I like to think I have. I've spoken to hundreds of students and young professionals and even older conservatives. And I think that when you're willing to meet people where they are at and hear out their concerns, and not just brush those concerns away, but explain them and rationale to them, people are very willing to have open conversations.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. And that's a very smart tack, by the way. Because the left, if you don't buy into everything they say about climate change, uh, you're, a, you're an idiot. You're, you're you know, a troglodyte, and that's how they treat it, so you engage. Danielle, thanks very much. We appreciate uh, the conversation.
2: Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises, and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com bill. For more details see ahs.com/contracts for coverage details including limit amounts, fees, limitations and exclusions. New Jersey residents the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Rand Paul, Senator from Kentucky, uh, has been censored on Facebook, right? Is it Facebook? Uh, I can't even tell these things. YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Oh, it's too much. I actually had a conversation with him in person two weeks ago, uh, Senator Paul on Long Island. Anyway, he uh, has said, quote, most of the masks you get over the counter don't work. They don't prevent infection. Bang, YouTube takes him off. OK, so YouTube policy is you get a warning for the first time and. Apparently, Senator Paul has said this stuff in the past. Then you get a week-long suspension, uh, which is where he is now. I think he's off for a week. That's a first strike, and then your account will be removed for 90 days um, if you continue to do it. I guess it's 90 days, 90 days, 90 days, something. I can't keep track of this. But anyway, uh, he's censored. So this is uh, happening all over the place, only the famous people we hear about. Let's bring in a guy who knows this world pretty well. His name is Joseph Curl, C-U-R-L, coming to us from Warrington, Virginia. Uh, He is the editor-in-chief of a brand-new service called offthepress.com. He's a former editor at The Drudge Report. He left The Drudge Report to form offthepress.com. Okay, so we'll get to Off the Press in a moment, Mr. Curl. But do you think there's a danger and how bad a danger is uh, the social media right now in the censorship area?
4: Oh, it's a huge threat for anyone who wants to know what's going on. I mean, it's, you know, again, with Rand Paul today, but, you know, they've been doing it nonstop throughout things. And just think about, you know, and your your, your viewers know this. Think about the the Wuhan lab and all the reports that were coming out about that. We were all wondering where did this crazy COVID-19 come from? Both Facebook, Google, all three, and Twitter decided that you could not say that it might have come from this lab. They, they banned anyone. They censored them. A year later, 15 months later, suddenly we're talking about where to come from. Even Biden's on board saying, hey, maybe we should check into this. So it's a crazy world right now where even asking the question will get you banned on social media.
0: Um, I think all of my audience agrees with that 100%. And if you don't, bill it, billoreilly.com and tell me why. You do know, though, that there are very evil people in social media and they're committing crimes, actually, uh, on uh, the Internet uh, with uh, child, uh, you know, all that stuff and the drugs and uh, and betting, gambling. I mean, it's bad. So social media has to have some police policing powers, does it not?
4: Oh, absolutely. It has to have that. And people have to remember, too, that. You know, this is a private enterprise. If you run a restaurant and you don't like somebody who comes in the door, you can kick them out. Twitter and Google and, and Facebook are all the same thing. They're private operations. If they don't like what you're doing, they can kick you off. And when you when you agree to their terms, you give them all of your information, you agree to abide by all these terms and conditions. So, you know, that's why more conservative people are starting to build their own social media platforms where you can say the kind of things that you want to say without somebody else being in control. or somebody who opposes you on the political spectrum, being in control.
0: But in off the press, if somebody uh, says something and you see that it's irresponsible or criminal, you're going to knock that out, correct?
4: Well, that's one of the great things at our aggregation site. We don't have comments. We're just posting stories that we find that we think are really interesting for, for viewers to see. So our, you know, our readership can, can find them. And and again, because of the, the, the way that things are happening at social media. You're getting conservatives having a really difficult time. That's half of America finding the kind of content they want to read. So that's why we created off the off the press so that you can find conservative content that's not going to get censored. How long were you with Drudge? I was there four years. And back in, I like to tell people back in the in the days when Drudge was really good. I mean, Drudge really changed in the last couple of years. He went all in for Trump. Then he went all out against Trump. Then he. It's, it's even weirder now. He's become sort of pro-Biden and pro-Democrats. Uh, the page is very strange. There's a lot of speculation. Maybe he sold it. Maybe he, you know, got into a big fight with the Trump people and decided to, to just punish them. But the page has gotten really weird. So we're trying to give people that are looking for conservative news a new aggregation site where they can
0: find what they're looking for. Um, isn't that border on propaganda sometimes, though, by just using the right-wing stuff?
4: Well, absolutely. I mean, sure. I mean, we, we don't we don't go really far afield. We're not using InfoWars and some other sites that, that get a little too far afield on things. And, and we're also making sure that, that everything is vetted. I mean, we've got great editors there. You probably know one of the other guys, Paul Bedard from the Washington Examiner. Great reporter who's been around for a million years. So we're making sure that we look through these stories and, and, and they have to they have to reach a certain you know, level that before we'll post it we are not just going to post any you know things randomly and willy-nilly but but yeah I mean we, we're, we're going to stay away from that too we're not it's not you know we're, we're kind of staying away right now from the election fraud stories which are interesting and certainly there are questions again that should be asked but we're not seeing a lot of proof from that so we're not running a lot of those stories at this point we'll keep an eye on them and if it ever hits you know critical match we'll bring them back home
0: all right so you're trying to be fact-based at least to some extent right Absolutely.
4: Um, absolutely. going to vet everything.
0: Back to the Drudge situation. Does he control what goes up every day? Well, that's the question. I mean, you know, when you were right, there, no, did he I was control there, it? I
4: ran, no, when I was there, I ran the page, you know, by myself. I did the mornings for four years. There was another great uh, reporter there who's now with The Washington Times. Charlie Hurt was there. He ran the page. Drudge had some input in and out, you know, but but rarely he kind of let us run our own thing. And then he came on for his own session, usually in the evenings and and did the page. So we kind of ran the page by ourselves when we were on. Okay, that's a big moneymaker, Drudge, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've heard numbers anywhere from one to five million dollars a month. I mean, you know, when he was pulling in numbers like thirty five million page views a month, that's that's just a. A huge get for an advertiser to get to something like that. So yeah, it's it's a huge moneymaker. We're we're nowhere in his league right now, but we hope to just keep plugging along and get there at some point.
0: Now, OffThePress.com, dot which is your site now, are you having trouble marketing that in the corporate media? Well, we
4: just started about ten days ago, so we're kind of going to wait out the. You you know what happens in Washington during during August? It's the dog days, and everyone's going to shut down after they get this trillion dollar boondoggle done, they're going to all go home and, and spend some more or they're even better. They'll go on Codells and taxpayers will pay for their trips to Paris and, and luxurious places. But um, we're going to make a big onslaught in September and, and hope that, you know, we can we can really get our foot in the door at that point.
0: OK, um, let me know if, if you. If somebody doesn't cooperate with, you know, at your marketing efforts, I don't care about editorial, it doesn't matter to me. But the reason I'm saying that is on Bill dot com and we are extremely successful. Um, we had a couple of outlets that used to use our stuff because we do interviews with guys like you and uh, Mark Levin yep. last week. And we do big, big stuff and Real Clear Politics used to pick up some of my stuff and The Hill. And those are pre- two pretty big um aggregates right well they both stopped because they were threatened um and yeah they caved 100 percent. and i'm not the only one and that's what people don't know is that in the social media world there are threats delivered to almost all the agencies you better not use this person you better use that person you better say this you better not do that there was something um about joe biden that came out of the Washington Post a few weeks ago where they said uh, in that town hall, you better not be mean to him, to CNN. Better not make him look <laughs> bad. Remember that? Remember that? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in your, in your situation, and I, I'm giving you a little advice based upon, because I run my own internet company uh, and have for four years, um, if you take opinion as well as well as well as hard news, That will jazz up your viewership because people want to read, you know, very, very well thought out opinion, not garbage. But, you know, maybe you you select a dozen people or so and you run them once in a while. And I think that would be doing a service because then people would have another outlet and, and they wouldn't be blackballed and they wouldn't be, you know, the suppression of the news today. As you know, Mr. Curl is higher than it's ever been in the United States. The suppression oh, of facts. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So if you step into that breach, the, then you'll be successful.
4: Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, you know, the thing that's, you know, that you have to worry about, that everyone has to worry about is, you know, with an Internet company and with a website, you know, you can get shadow banned or you can get sort of just, you know, they'll throttle you. Suddenly you can't get to, to things. I, I also do some work at The Daily Wire. And if and if there is if something is fact checked, that's Ben Shapiro's side. If something is fact checked, there suddenly Facebook just throttles it. So the you know your your traffic just just slows to a drip, and it's like you don't know what's happened, but they just internally throttle your thing. So and then of course with with, with Twitter, they're shadow banning. So you don't know your band. Suddenly you know none of your stuff is reaching anybody, and you you're just you're just you know in this black hole.
0: Yeah, so it's, it, bad. It is really it's never happened to us. We're extremely careful about what we put out, um, and we don't put out any uh, theoretical stuff, right. speculation. Uh, we're not in business to do that. We're straight fact-based. All right, the uh, and it's up and running now. Uh, off the press, one word, press dot com. Um, it is a news aggregate, and uh, I hope everybody checks it out. Joseph, best of luck to you. Uh, and if anything happens interesting, let us know. We'll put you back on. Okay. Will do. Okay. Thanks very much, Bill. Appreciate it. 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532.
3: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. So here's the final thought of the
0: day. The urchins are driving me nuts. And the reason is last minute stuff. So we in the O'Reilly household book ahead. Plan ahead, because we're busy. And when we plan something, we like to commit to keep our commitment, especially if it involves other people. So now I got a rash of urchins coming to me going, oh, no, no, I have to go to this party. I know this just happened. I have to, I have to, I have to. I go, what about the commitment? What about we told these people we were going to go and do this? What about them? What about all the planning? So this is what's happening today in our society. It's a last-minute society. People don't like to commit. They don't like to plan. Whatever comes up, you know, and ah, if we make a commitment, we honor it. So our motto here is, if you say you'll do it, you'll do it. But that has caused a lot of angst lately. But that's the motto, and I'm not changing it. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.